chapter 9, How to Prepare to Pray. If we are not normally persevering person, then of course we can develop this and it should be developed in our life. Notice here Romans 12.12 and Acts 2.46. Romans 12.12. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfast in prayer. This 12th verse here in the book of Romans tells what our mode of action in prayer should be and that we should be persevering in prayer. Then look at Acts 2.46. Acts 2.46. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, ate their food with gladness and singleness of heart. The EBM text says, And daily steadfastly continue in unison and in the temple, and house to house breaking bread, they regularly took, that is, food with exaltation and singleness of heart. This 46th verse states some reasons why these Christians were persevering or continuing in their Christian experience with God in their daily lives. It says they were in unison or of the same passion, and they were having exceeding joy and singleness of heart. From this 46th verse, to stay upon a set pattern of prayer with perseverance, one's heart should be focused by singleness of purpose and also joy. This really is how many qualities of God's kingdom are developed in all of us. Singleness of heart and joy of salvation, which will be creating inside of us when you have a single heart and joyfully focusing on God, it will create within us a passion for God. And of course, used in prayer with God. The last days, the end of seasons. Notice Luke 21, 36. Luke 21, 36. Watch ye therefore... And pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Watching in this verse is being awake or being alert. And here in this verse, it is being awake to the time and the place when prayer needs to be done. Being alert or awake is one of the more important things which needs to be done, that is to be in our life, and also developed in our busy lives. It is preparing to be still so we can pray. Being still is very important practice to do before you pray because it is important to be still to hear from God. It is really like being God conscious, or you could say being still is like being face to face with God. Like the breath which all of us exhale or aspirate right before we speak, there is a place in which we need to live right at the edge, or you might say, living with God before God speaks. Of course, we're using natural terms. There is a spiritual reality to our natural terms in this thought, face to face with God, or as the Old Testament calls it, the deep calls unto the deep, like Psalm 42.7. And this 42nd chapter in the book of Psalms is about our thirst for God. When prayer is not accomplished, or even known to be done, it seems to me anyway, we have failed at the thought of preparing to pray. It is now, of course, always been the time to be face to face with God, but it is time now in all of what's going on around us, it's time now to be face to face with God. But if one were to try to explain this idea of face to face or the deep calls under the deep, it would be like saying, missing the moment that, that would be like saying the moment when God opens his mouth to speak to us. So being alert, you're ready for him to speak. You miss that breath, you might say, 
So missing the moment, this area of being ready or not can be in most times far more important than prayer itself because being conscious is really important, being conscious of God. Oh, will we, the church, hear this kind of information, this truth? Do we stand still long enough to know what he's saying? Ephesians in the 6th chapter and Colossians in the 4th chapter both speak of this Christian characteristic of spiritual quality of being alert or awake. Ephesians 6.18 Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Colossians 4.2 Pray, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. We Christians need to grasp this idea of awake and alert because it is one of the areas and should be one of our goals that is a part of how we prepare ourselves to pray. Being ready to pray or being alert to this time when prayer is needed, you might say. Then we can release our prayers to God. Not sleeping, nor being groggy, not, nor being insensitive to God is so important for prayer to be effective. You can say it this way, being there waiting for the moment when God wants to use us in prayer. There will be times which we pray in faith to God and move him by or with our faith when we act on promises. When we call on him and we call out his promises to him, there is an act of faith. We will always, in a sense, move God. But not all aspects of prayer are this way. That is, us moving God by releasing faith. There are times when God wants to move us in prayer. It's an interaction, him with us and us with him. Watching is not praying, but it is becoming still. It is becoming alert to God. And of course, in my life, being alert to God starts out with thanking and praising him, or you could say worshiping him. And then we become still waiting to see what he might say to us. Again, this is giving God some of your time it is becoming still in our lives, so we are ready to respond to him. Practice becoming still and quiet. It's so important, this simple idea. Take time to sit still when you're in your car, when you're in your house. Sit still and be quiet. Practice this because it is a quality that is necessary for prayer. Take time to shut off everything and sit in a quiet place. God-centered. Being God-centered and then God-conscious so affects our prayer life. By observing or looking around at how the world now is progressing, I can see and understand that the devil and this world system is trying to affect the believer. If you take time to look around and listen, you can see that there really is something going on around us. There is a plan going on. Darkness is trying to take our focus, but darkness is trying to take our time from us. It is giving the Christian things to do. It is giving the Christian things which will steal their attention and time. It is trying to hand over to the Christian ideas and trying to give us something to focus on, things to have, you might say, or things to do, where we would be or will be distracted by those other things. We have to stop these things. We cannot stop the world around us at being a distractive force. But we can take away from it its distraction. We can turn away from its distractions. The world and its distractions are like a rocking chair with a constant movement slowly putting a child to sleep. The world around us is trying to hinder us, in some senses of the phrase, hindering prayer. There has been many, many revivals in the last 500 years, 
though the word revival to me was one of the greatest ones. Bringing front and center or bringing attention to God's word is really to me the greater revival. A revival of being word focused. In many times, it is not that the Christian doesn't know how to pray in some way, but that the Christian many times is so involved, so caught up in other things which slows them down, in some cases even stops praying altogether. This idea of being not awake or not alert is holding back God from doing things he said he would do in these days. Learn to look at your life and learn and ask yourself the question to yourself. Am I being too busy in the affairs of the world? True riches. The last thing that God said to the church is about true riches. It is recorded in the last thoughts of God to the seven churches of Asia in the book of Revelation. It is the devil's plan for Christian not to be engaged in God's true riches. Notice the book of Revelation. God's spirit has already given to the church its final warning. Notice Revelation 3:14 through 18. To the messenger of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I would that you were cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because you say I am rich and increasing with goods, and have need of nothing. And you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold tried with a fire, that you may be rich, and white garments, that you may be clothed, and that the shame of your nakedness may not appear. Anoint your eyes with eye ointment that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Note here in these verses that God has warned the church in about 90 AD concerning having zeal for the world, as compared to having the zeal of and for God. God wants his people to be on fire for him and his things. Zeal is that fire. Zeal is the excitement of your spirit, the fire of your hearts. God's word has told us out of the abundance of the hearts, whether good or evil, it will cause us to have or be zealous. It will cause us to be zealous about things from our heart. If the devil can get our hearts focused on other things more than God, it will distract us. Notice Matthew 12, 34. Jesus says, O vipers, O generation of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. Luke 6, 45. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth that which is good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth that which is evil. For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. Walking in God's ways in Christ will take sacrifices. And as these scriptures from Matthew, Luke, and Revelation so tell us, there is a sacrifice to walk with God. Did you notice God's answer to the Christians in Revelation 3.18 about their zeal? Revelation 3.18, I counsel you to buy of me gold tried in fire that you may be rich. I know that God is using human terms in this verse, which a person could be familiar with. Notice, to buy of me. When anyone buys something, there is a cost. There is a choice. There is, in a sense, a sacrifice. God is not really speaking of us paying for his gold with earthly finances. But the thought is here. And to me, it is clear. It will cost the Christian something to be close to God. 
and for the Christian to have a God zeal or to be on fire. Things must be stopped in our lives and things will need to be started. This zeal truly is about the heart of man. It is truly about the focus of our human spirits. Whatever you fill your heart with, this is what will come out of you. And as we have seen in these verses in the book of Matthew, your zeal equals the flow of your heart and its abundance. Like in the Old Testament when God said life and death are set before us. Notice Deuteronomy 30, 15, 16, and 19. See, I have set before you this day life and good, death and evil. In that I command you this day to love the Lord your God, to walk in all of his ways, and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, that you may live and multiply, and the Lord your God shall be blessed thee in the land where you go to possess it. But here, although both life things and death things were before the children of Israel, God did express himself in that moment. He did share his will for them. Choose God things, which of course creates focus, which zeal springs out of and makes passion for our lives. Actually, choosing God's things over worldly things will cause us to engage in a path of zeal for God's kingdom. This choosing of God's things will create within us this place of being ready, too. It will also create this divine sensitivity in our lives. Do not place anything in your heart that cools your zeal down for God and his kingdom. At least in a time of evaluation, Start comparing God's things in your lifestyle and, and the otherworldly things and ask yourself the question, are all of these things in my life in, that are worldly things, are they necessary to be involved in? Notice Revelation 3.15. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I would you were cold or hot. God here in the book of Revelation also states a similar idea like in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 30. Did you notice here the thought, I would, you were cold or hot, or I would prefer yet you're cold, or I prefer that you're hot. God, by this verse here in the book of Revelation, states he would rather have us on fire hot or cold, but not mixed. Mixed is a little hot and a little...